0: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick Network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. We'll talk
1: NFL with Jordan Schultz coming up in 20 minutes, NFL insider and the host of Pull-Up Pod. We will uh, chat some big headlines there later this hour. Second hour is here. Outkick 360 rolls on. We've been discussing... USC and UCLA in the report that they're moving to the Big Ten as early as 2024. And the discussion has led us over the last 30 minutes or so processing this of what's now the next move for the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Keep in mind, so you have George Kleofkoff uh, with the Pac-12. The Big 12 today um, uh, announced their new commissioner, Brett Yormark is the new Big 12 commissioner. He is, or was as of yesterday, the CEO of Rock Nation. We certainly know the ties there with Jay-Z. Uh, prior to that, he was working at a very high level with NASCAR and with the Brooklyn Nets. And he goes against the grain and more of the trend of the non-conference commissioner guy or athletic director within the background and more business, marketing, management, and, and that angle. That's very similar to what the Pac-12 did, um, who uh, prior to Kleofkoff being there, he was with MGM. Um, of course, Kevin Warren, the Big Ten, had no college experience. He was with the Minnesota Vikings uh, as a front office executive. You have Sankey and others who have the conference college conference experience. But here's... The CEO of, of Rock Nation, who wowed the presidents of the Big 12, and instead of going with a guy like Rick George of Colorado, who was also mentioned for the Big 12 commissioner, which would have gone in line with how they hired Bob Bowlesby, they went the opposite direction. And now you have the two business guys, the entertainment guys, battling for the right to be a part of the Power Four now, instead of the Power Five. It's an interesting scenario.
2: I don't think it's a fun job. I mean, it's certainly a challenging job, but there's a lot more ways to lose than to win, no?
1: Potentially. I mean, right now the Big 12 TV deal is, I mean, I don't know where they go and make the type of money that would be expected if you're looking to recruit schools long-term, right? Pac-12 just lost USC-UCLA. You're a second-class citizen. Um,
2: And you're more likely to go third-class than you are to go first-class. So the way the, things are
1: trending. Yeah. I mean, and on top of that, Chad, you're trying to keep the schools you have. Like, what's Oregon do now? What what happens with with other schools in the Big Twelve that may be looking if they receive a phone call to do something? Like it's not only are you trying to recruit other schools to join you to stay afloat, you're trying to keep now moving forward who you have.
2: And don't you think stuff happens fast now, right, Chad? If you're I mean, this next thing happened fast. So now everybody's like, I got to look out for number one and make sure I'm somewhere. And the next round of moves probably defines where everything goes because the next round of schools is the next best round of schools. And after that, you're not talking about very good programs. After well, the Oregon's look,
3: Look, Big Ten SEC to me is forming almost an NFL versus AFL showdown where it's going to be two major leagues that matter and they're going to do battle against each other for years and years, or they're going to merge, or something different's going to come out of all that, much like we saw in the late 60s with NFL versus AFL. So what's left? ACC, Pac-12, Big 12. Let's look at the state of all three of those. ACC I'm taking out of this equation because I really believe they are ripe for the picking from both Big Ten and SEC, and that day's coming, yeah, yep. where they're going to get just picked apart. Big Twelve, Pac Twelve. Who's left? There's not a lot of attractive brands for either of those conferences to cherry pick from.
2: Let's talk about the attractive but brands. Let's, let's, in those I
3: want to get into both those because there is a debate to be had here. I mean, I get what you're saying, Hutton. They've got the jump start to add four good programs in BYU, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati. So that's an advantage. That's advantage Big Twelve in that regard. But I'm just going to rattle off what I think are the top four or five brands of each conference, okay? What's left of the Big 12? I'm putting Baylor, Oklahoma State in that mix, West Virginia, TCU. Now, we could go outside of this and go, you know, all sports and put basketball in there. Kansas is still left. That's pretty big. They're terrible in football. They're one of the worst right. teams in all of and football. F- but football's driving But from a football here. yeah, standpoint, and I feel I'm, like, I'm keeping them out.
2: I feel like Baylor, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia are better than TCU. Well, no? and it may be an argument
3: for Texas Tech, but I would put TCU in their market in Fort Worth ahead of Texas Tech. But I feel like the but three are stronger, stronger than the fourth.
2: The, the three, which three? Baylor, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia yeah, I feel would, better look, to me I, than I TCU. would put
3: BYU in that mix, too, if we're talking football brands. Um, they, I would put them in the top four currently in the Pac-12. And, that, again, that's the advantage you have when you jump first, right, or when someone else jumps and then you have to jump is what happened with the Big 12. So Pac-12, of, of who's left, you still have Oregon, absolutely, there with the Nike ties. Yep. Uh, Washington. I mean, Stanford, Utah. Colorado, Cal, Arizona State, Arizona. Pac-12's got bigger brands, I believe. If you're going head-to-head, yeah, top versus top, good versus good, I would take those brands and those markets over the very top of the Big 12, the advantage of the Big 12. And I say all this because who's going to have the power in those negotiations? If they come to some sort of alliance like I'm saying they should do, and you're the new guy in the Big 12 – who's got the business sports background and you're the new guy, Klevakov, in the PAC 12 that's got the MGM background. You're coming to the negotiating table. Who's got more to offer the other? Is this a true merger? Is this a buyout? Is this one, is this an absorption one conference swallowing another because they're that much more popular and that much more powerful or is it a true merger of equals? When you look at the two right now and what's left behind.
1: Well, here's, here's the race, though. The race, you have the Pac-12 media rights deal, which is up in 2024. And that coincides with the 13-year expiration date of the Big 12 agreement as well. We can talk brands and powerful brands. What are those media deals worth right now without Texas, Oklahoma, and without USC, UCLA? to any meteorites holder that wants to come in and pay top, top dollar. And uh, I, I think the next domino to uh, watch would be with the ACC. The ACC has to be looking around going, how do we make sure that our partnership they have with ESPN currently is rock solid to where we're not going to lose a, a pair? It would be Clemson and who? Who would be the... who's the partner with Clemson? Because these are going in pairs. These are not individual programs at the mega top that are moving. Texas and Oklahoma are paired together for great reason. Same thing with USC, UCLA. Clemson paired with which program? And the ACC has to be sitting there thinking, how do we become or stay number three and not start battling for this group, that's just trying to get the next tier of money. Because the they? next tier of money is nowhere close to what Chad's saying, the arms race between the Big Ten and the SEC. How,
2: how can you bind it together? I don't, I don't know. What do you, you get them to say, hey, we really want you to pledge. We'll give you whatever. And still, when the offer comes or when you go, I mean, hell, they may be making phone calls today.
3: I mean, you go completely cutthroat. And I don't, get, I don't know what it costs contractually to get out of some of these but you take some of those top brands we just discussed yeah. and you put them together, and that's a pretty good television package. You're getting a lot of money for that TV package. If you had Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Washington, um, Utah, and you combine that with Baylor, TCU, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and other Texas schools, uh, BYU. Oh, that's a nice If you comp- combine that conference, if you took the, the, the top half of both... That's and good. made them one conference, you're going to get more in TV. If I, was, I had to guess right now who's getting more in a TV package, if they both go to bid right now, I think the Big 12 would get more in a TV package because it's covering so much more of the country. Yeah. Pac 12 is so regional. You know, It's all West, right? It's where the true regional conference, and you just lost L.A. I was talking out of about that conference. I was so that's talking a, that's about a big part of
2: it. How do you bind the ACC together? Instead of have this looming fracture where you're probably dreading that someday you're going to get the phone call that Clemson and whoever they pair with, like you're talking about, Florida State, are going. But here's the problem. Nothing
3: can bind them together except for a formation of some giant amoeba. That can stay powerful and strong.
1: And that's where they're headed. All you can get. The ACC
3: could go right now and add Memphis and SMU and anyone and UAB and Tulane and anyone not in a Power 5 conference. No other current Power 5 conference school is leaving for the ACC. They're all leaving for the Big Ten or the SEC if they get asked. All of them. Because those are the protected conferences. So if you're in the Pac-12, it does not benefit you to leave for the ACC same goes for ACC to Big 12 or Pac 12 right now. So the only way they survive and compete is to join forces. And I really think it's going to be in two of the three and one's going to be left out.
2: You better and I think you better hurry.
3: One is going to be the American Athletic Conference overnight. A non-Power 5 conference football.
1: Well, football conference. Two of them could depending on what the ACC ends up doing. Like it goes back to the partnership with not just the SEC or the Big Ten, but with ESPN, ABC, and Disney. Well, because that that's that's really if you start looking at the map and how just angry people got last year at this time, based on feeling duped, feeling like ESPN was pulling the strings and being the puppeteer behind the scenes on all this, and the distrust that they have with the college football playoff and all the rights holders with the postseason, and where we're headed with all this. I mean, Greg Senke's been behind the scenes. That's why I, I said last year, they're not stopping at Texas and Oklahoma. Well, what, he's always thinking one step ahead of the rest of college football. What would and really, this was a huge move for Kevin Warren to stay in lockstep with whatever's going on in the Southeastern Conference.
2: I think what would really be the best, Chad, is if you took the top... Uh, granted, say say... Uh, SEC takes two more or, or four more. Take the best remaining 16 out of all three of them. Pac-12, Big 12, ACC. Make a conference out of that. That'd be a pretty damn good conference to go with SEC and Big 12. And we've always envisioned four, but instead you get three.
3: Well, there's so I, I look at it as there's, there's two separate races we're talking about right now. The one race is for the ultimate prize, and the ultimate championship belt between the Big Ten and the SEC. The secondary race is which of the two, three of the three left will survive, or one, or they all join into one, like you said, and you take the top of all three. Top 16 but or what, eighteen of all three. Basically, what happens with all three of those as they try to attain survival? Right now, with all, everything being taken from them, how do the other three survive? The Big Twelve had a great counter when they lost Texas and Oklahoma. They did the best they could in adding those that weren't already in a Power 5 conference. Those were no-brainer additions. They added. But that's it. What else is going to happen now? By the way, John Wilner, who is uh, the guy who broke the news on USC and UCLA, going to the Pac-12, has now tweeted, Source, don't assume the Big Ten is done. Doing some digging here and seeing what others are saying on on, uh, Twitter, some sports people out there, the Big Ten not being done is going to include Washington and Oregon.
1: Well, then that, that means that, – I mean, that's – That signals
3: – They're ahead of the SEC. Big 10, you meant. You Big, said 10. Big 12. Yeah, Big yeah. 10 would, would add them Well, that, if that, that, that happens.
1: That signals that the SEC – It's all out war. Is, <laughs> is <laughs> adding get Clinton,
3: Florida State, Miami.
1: Yeah, but it, then it becomes extreme. It is north and south, and you have the two power conferences, and you have the split from the NCAA, and you have
3: – NFL versus AFL.
1: Yeah, but, but you're playing for a title. Like, you're splitting off in a partnership from the NCAA, and you're playing for your own title. You have your own NCAA basketball tournament, um, meaning it'll be the whatever you want to call it, basketball tournament. And you've already got the mega deals on streaming, on ESPN, on ABC. CBS can go play ball with the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Have at it. Uh, that's, that's where we're headed. The, the one caveat in all this, though, is what has the ACC been doing over the last 12 months? With the media partners, with the the programs that stayed firm last year at this time, you know, Clemson was out and saying they weren't moving. Um, I don't know if any of us believe that or trust that. you know you, we're, we're discussing Miami and Florida State, and I mean the, the the programs in the ACC are the next wave of this, if, in fact, Oregon and Washington are falling in line with what USC and UCLA did. Also, why would you not announce all four at the same time?
2: Yeah. Yeah, again, that's... Well, John Wilner also told Paul That's Feinbaum, John Wilner saying, source the right. saying, they're not done. John, John Wilner also told Paul Feinbaum about a half an hour ago, he thinks the best move for the remaining Pac-12 members could be a merger with the Big 12. So then you're talking massive. It's exactly, well, that's what it's we exactly just discussed. what I've been saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've been discussing that for an hour. That was my... We opened the show
3: and I said, that's their, that's their route to survival. Is they have to just combine and make a 24 team super conference? Yeah,
1: but it, it, it's not and just negotiate together. Though. It's what is going to add revenue to a television deal or a streaming deal? What are the media partners willing to pay for? Versus who they're competing against? Um, can you convince? Can one of one of these? Can the ACC convince Notre Dame to join them? right can they can they get a piece of the pie but give a huge piece to the irish you want to stay afloat like that's a brand that will drive revenue not for your conference not just for your conference but for uh, the media rights holder yeah. that you're willing to pay for all of these things have to be tossed about but if you're if you're just now discussing that you're losing
2: you're behind it's and it's a race
1: and kevin warren behind the scenes over the last 12 months has been Getting after it. And the deadlines for all these TV deals are making it happen as the bidding war happens. And you've had transition of power at the commissioner level, most recently with the Big 12, and last year with the Pac-12. And, well, Sankey and Warren are leading the pack here. It's a great move for the Big 10. It's terrific. I mean, I, I'm not seeing here saying it's great for college sports, As we know it, shocking, but it's it was inevitable. Like it's just you can see the inner workings of everything, and the fact that the NCAA also a year ago at this time removed itself from doing anything that they were established to do in regards to name, image, likeness, and regulation. It left the business guys and the CEOs and the leaders to lead, and the two guys who have stepped forward in that have shown you what they're capable of. And who knows what is going on behind the scenes with what has not been announced yet.
3: Secondary thought that I've, I've had throughout all this is it's going to make it a heck of a lot easier to follow the sport as a whole when it's just two <laughs> conferences that matter.
1: Yeah. and, and, and me. I mean,
3: look, I, I really see a world quickly where Big 12, where everyone but, you know, Clemson and Miami and Florida State, if they're good. Yeah and maybe one team in the Pac-12 matter? No one else matters. And all we're talking about all year is, how do you rate the fact that Oregon is undefeated in this terrible Pac-12? Or how do you rate what uh, Iowa State has done this year with their veteran team in the terrible uh, Pac-12, Big 12?
2: And how does one of those And then it's everyone else
3: like, boy, you know, Tennessee's got four losses, but they might be – should be in the playoff with the schedule to
2: play. And how does one of those outside (laughs) teams – Beating the hell out of each other. How does one of those outside teams get in the playoff? You know, that'll be a year-long debate. Yeah, does I mean, does that thing. Stanford team deserve but to get in the playoffs with those that, wins? That, uh, that won't last that long,
1: though, because the the playoff, playoff will, will be moot.
2: Now it's uh, you know it'll be the semifinals of the SEC and the semifinals of the
1: yeah.
3: I, I wrote Big about 10. this at Outkick, but you know if you're if you're talking about just who's going to make the playoff, it's such a small amount of teams, and they're usually the same ones year after year we're talking about. But this would narrow the sport even more. To you know, we're we're really talking about not even just talking about contenders we're going to talk about like 30 teams in the two main conferences that matter period you know that you're following top to bottom yeah. whether Which, they go 2 and 10 or 10 and 2 that's it's all li- the same
2: and that's literally the NFL that's
3: the NFL yeah i mean it's it's the sport narrows at that point
1: the host of pull up pod and NFL insider jordan schultz he joins
4: us next on outkick 360 Outkick 360
1: rolls on across the Outkick network. We're going to get back to USC, UCLA, and the Big Ten. The big headlines today. I think the last time we had Jordan Chort, uh, Schultz on the show, Indama and Sue was visiting Nashville. That's right. I, yes, I think that's, that's the last it. time we talked with Jordan. It's great to have him back on. He's still covering the NFL. He's also the host of the Pull Up Pod with CJ McCollum. There's a lot of NBA news out there today with Kevin Durant. We're going to ask him about it here too. Jordan, first and foremost, man,
0: great to have you back on.
1: Thank you, guys. Yeah,
0: it's been too long. I appreciate it.
1: Durant has wanted to partner with Booker for years, right? And and he now wants to be traded, and at the top of the list is, is
0: Phoenix? Yeah, so what's really interesting about this is if you go back four years, when he was on the Bill Simmons pod, he said how much he loved D. Book. And obviously, they won a gold medal together in the Olympics. Um, you can see Just thinking about it, hypothetically, the unbelievable synergy that he could have with Devin and Chris Paul. And you'd have to imagine that should a deal get done, it would include DeAndre Ayton and multiple first round picks heading to Brooklyn. Um, Obviously, Kevin's under a contract first for four more years. So there's a lot that needs to get done. Um, But obviously, Phoenix would make a lot of sense, as would Miami, uh, considering the fact that he wants to win. This is the prime of his career. He's probably got three more, four more great seasons left. But the Phoenix thing, to me, is super enticing. You know, they never won a title. And to pair two of the best scorers in the league together who get it done in a variety of ways, along with one of the greatest point guards ever, very, very impressive situation that would be.
3: I hope I read this correctly, and this was not a troll account sending this out, Jordan. (laughs) But the other rumor is Kyrie Irving to the Mavs. If Brunson is gone... Is that a possibility?
0: Where, where did you see that? I'm curious. Uh,
3: again, I I looked down and I saw it, and it said Jalen Brunson possibly gone.
1: It was from Jordan Look, Schultz with two underscores. Looked, not yeah. One.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think it was from your doppelganger on Twitter. Uh, but it said that the uh, that Kyrie Irving to the Mavs would be a possibility in a trade.
0: Yeah, I haven't heard that, although you can, that would Let's make sense run along. too. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk well, NFL down. What, Let's just keep going. Jay, Jalen Brunson is going to get Upward of $120 million. And whether or not you believe or we believe he's worth that, that's what he's going to command. So he, you know, good for him. I'm excited for Jalen. He's really excelled and overachieved, I think. And obviously, he's going to parlay that great playoff run with with the Mavs where they beat Phoenix. I, I don't know just off the top of my head how well a Kyrie and Luka combo would work. You know, Kevin works really well in Phoenix because – Devin and Kevin are both able to play on and off the ball. They can score, you know, without necessarily having a super high usage. Kyrie is an on-the-ball, heavy primary usage guy, and Luca's the exact same way. Uh, They're both really smart, terrific players, all NBA-caliber players. But if I'm just thinking hypothetically... Kyrie to Dallas doesn't really move the needle for me. Yeah,
3: and this, by the way, this was uh, one hour ago. Evan Massey had the report. Now multiple people are saying... Yeah, be, be per careful. Source. Be careful with that. Okay. With that one. Per source, yeah. the Dallas Mavericks are expected to heavily pursue a trade for net star yeah, Kyrie don't. Irving. So there you go. Let's, That's what I, I saw. It. Be careful
0: with that one. Okay. That's all I'll say.
2: Let's flip to a league with the interesting and understandable draft, the NFL. Um, you were reporting... Fix, like like crazy, uh, and I think you, you said on another show that uh, you heard from the league. How dare how dare they? Like, wh- what is their beef? Come on, man, let me have some fun. <laughs> how did they? What's you know, their you know, beef? What's yeah, their how beef? do they
1: tell you? How are they going to well, point was, to tell you not yeah. to do that?
0: It was a barrage of phone calls and texts. Uh, was it? Where was I? I think it was. It was uh, the Mac- Pat McAfee show, and basically, yeah. I explained. What I'll tell you is, you know, I, th- I don't even think it was the first round because the first round was, you know, it's pretty short. But then the next two days are long, especially that Sunday or Saturday Seven. where it's like a t- 12 to eight. There's picks all day and it's every two minutes or one minute. So I start hearing from the league. I think it was the morning of going into day two. And it was it was a it was a phone call and a phone call turned into another one. Another voicemail, text message, uh, a DM on Twitter. It was quite a few different things, and all I can say is that by the time I got back to the league, they were no longer interested in talking to me because um, I think the message was received that I wasn't just going to stop tweeting because the league wasn't happy with me. Were they polite? Did they every year?
2: Did they ask you to please stop, or were they (laughs) insistent?
0: It was a combination of both. Yeah, it was. It was like, please stop, and also you should stop because we're the NFL and we want you to stop. You've said, but my thing is, my thing is every year, and we just saw it with the NBA. Picks are picks are leaked incessantly by multiple reporters, and so for me, you know, I was at ESPN for three years, and then this year, basically, you know, at a variety of places, independent. So I didn't have necessarily anyone saying, hey, don't tip these picks. But what happened was I had, you know, I, I obviously really good intel. And part of me was like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't do this because I don't want to put anybody in a bad position. But then I started asking around different people around the league, a couple of different high level folks just saying, hey, is this a problem? And everyone said, no, you're fine. The league is probably going to reach out, but don't worry about it. And sure enough, they reached out and ultimately they didn't get back to me by the time I reached out to them. So I guess that tells you all you need to know.
2: You killed it. We loved it. You said uh, that Baker Mayfield uh, situation will be resolved sooner than later. You have an inkling for where it will be resolved or where do you think it should be resolved?
0: Well, yeah. So what's so interesting about Baker is – he is still a bargain for 18.7 million and even more so assuming the browns are going to pick up a considerable portion of that contract next season which i think they will the problem for baker and for the browns for that matter and gm Andrew Barry is that the longer this has gone on guys the less leverage cleveland as an organization has had to make a trade because the rest of the nfl is watching this with a very close eye saying that's not a minable situation and now baker comes out and says basically that both sides want to move on and so what I would expect is that you're going to see Baker move sooner than later because ultimately what happens with Deshaun's suspension in terms of Baker I think is almost immaterial they have Jacoby Brissett, who they went out and signed he's a very capable competent contingency plan that can win you some games and ultimately they don't want to be in camp with Baker Mayfield as a massive distraction now we knew he wasn't going to be and then he camp, but to not report or to not report to camp when it starts here in a few weeks is not really realistic. So what I would expect, and I've always said Carolina more so than Seattle, but I, what I would expect is that over the coming weeks here, as we get really close to camp, tw- the, the 26, 27th, we will see him traded. And I said earlier last week, I, I didn't necessarily think it was going to be Seattle. I know that they have Gino and Drew Locke. Carolina has Matt Corral and Sam Darnold. I'm more inclined to say that Matt Rule, the head coach of the Panthers, would take a shot on Baker Mayfield.
1: If it's not Carolina or Seattle, is there a surprise team you would you would point to in the mix? The Titans? No. I
0: don't, I don't <laughs> well, I, I'm curious though. Hypothetically, like would would Titans fans be super against that or or what?
3: Well, so here's a, a theory that I threw out there also, Jordan, that kind of plays in line with this was it's sort of the same replication of what the Titans did with Ryan Tannehill when Marcus Mariota was struggling, right? They brought in a guy who you knew is a a very capable backup, but if things go south, maybe he can reclaim his career, and he can be the guy, and it worked out very well for the Titans. The situation I keep going back to in my mind is, what about Daniel Jones and the Giants? Wouldn't that be a nice backup security blanket plan for Daniel Jones?
0: Yeah, you're the second person that's asked me that over the last three days, (laughs) thinking about about the Giants. Obviously, they don't pick up Daniel's fifth-year option, but everything that I've heard with the Giants is that there's a really good relationship forming between Daniel Jones and the new head coach. And ultimately, what's going to happen there, for me, when I look at the Giants projecting is I think he's going to have a very good season. He's going to get paid or tagged next year. Saquon's going to have a big year. Tony's going to have a big year. And I've talked to Daniel about Tony. He said that both him and Saquon are in terrific shape, and he feels like they're both going to have explosive seasons. But um, ultimately, no, I don't think Baker goes to the Giants. I will say that he's only 27 years old. It feels like he's been in the league so long because there's been a lot of drama. Just two years ago when he was healthy, he basically had the Browns a quarter away from the AFC Championship before they ended up losing to Kansas City. Last year, he he has a shoulder problem that got really bad. He probably shouldn't have played through it. The offensive line didn't protect him particularly well, and things went really south. But there are a number of teams, not just Carolina and Seattle, that have explored him. I don't expect the Giants to be it, but I, I, I you can almost see it like if somebody who gives Baker Mayfield a chance, that's a lottery ticket that isn't the worst idea. It really isn't.
1: Chatting NFL with Jordan Schultz. You can follow him on Twitter at Schultz underscore report.
2: Titans, by the way, Jordan, are, are much smarter than anybody else. They see things in Logan Woodside that we we just can't. <laughs> <understand>.
0: Logan Woodside,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's absolutely. a very, real quick, real quick. It's a very intriguing move if it's not Carolina or Seattle because I'm sitting here trying to think. So Miami has Teddy Bridgewater as their backup. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones looks behind and sees Terod Taylor, who's a perennial backup. Like, Similar, the, the teams, uh, yeah, the teams Taylor either have their backup or they don't yeah. have the money right now because of the cap situation that they're in to make a move, even if it is 7 million. I don't know if the Titans could make a $7 million well, if dollar the move. The guy
2: in Carolina has got to save his job. That makes the most sense. Well, get, yeah. get the most it, the options so that you can throw somebody out there to try to save your Jordan, job. But, Jordan,
3: if the Titans didn't draft Malik Willis in the third round, then definitely. I'd be yeah. the one right here on this table right yeah. now saying – Hell, I'd take it. If <laughs> yeah. I'm the Titans, that'd be a great backup and the, situation. Uh, the to odds of to Malik Willis
2: helping him this year is, is, yeah. is rare. If Tannehill goes down, they're, they're screwed. Um, and, you know, yeah. he's a regular season quarterback as far as we've seen. What do you think about Julian Edelman? Uh, is he going to reemerge at the beginning here? Is he going to wait until during the season for wear and tear? Or is he just uh, playing around? Well, well, let
0: me just wrap up on Tennessee. Yeah. It, had they not drafted Malik in the third round, there's no doubt in my mind that John Robinson's on the, on the phone saying, what do you need for me to get Baker Mayfield? But regardless, <laughs> that's, you know. So yep. um, when it comes to Edelman, I, he he said a couple of things that really stuck out on the IM Athlete pod, one of which was he feels like he's 10,000 reps behind. And I've spent a fair amount of time with Julian, and I've asked him a similar question is, would you consider coming back? Especially given that when you have the time off, your body's able to recuperate. And as he said, suddenly you wake up and you feel really good. The problem is not just the reps, is that when you're when you start getting into your mid 30s and you've accumulated that many hits, especially Julian's not a big guy, when you come back, you're fine for a week or two. It's it's the culminar- it's the culmination of hits and impact and just running all those routes and all that time spent that catches up to you faster when I've talked to guys who are older not just in the NFL but the NBA for that matter when you when you're as you age and you accumulate more injuries more nicks and that what happens is your body can't come back as quickly so when you're talking about Edelman to me it's unrealistic to think he would come back it really is I, I don't see it what about you
3: I think probably very unrealistic, too, much like you. Uh, something I also thought was unrealistic was the ability to decline a subpoena, uh, which apparently you have to be a billionaire NFL team owner to be able to do that, Jordan. I, I didn't know there was such a thing until Daniel I'm Snyder just Snyder. said, I'm, I'm declining the subpoena to appear before Congress. I, I guess here's my question with the commanders. All this, every time there's you know the, the questioning with Goodell and talking about things in the past – their go-to is, hey, this is the past. We've addressed the issues. We've moved forward. We're a better organization right now because of this. We're going to be better in the future. We've already been better. This is ancient history. Is it ancient history from a football side of things, from an organizational standpoint? Is this Washington franchise better right now?
0: What's interesting about Snyder is that over the last decade or so, their cap has been pretty good. They just, he is such a dysfunctional human being and owner that the organization is a catastrophe and there's no leadership. And obviously, any leadership at any organization starts at the top. And when you're talking about the commanders, they're so much better off without him. And the league knows it. It's not just Roger, it's the amount of owners almost completely in agreement that we need to get Daniel Snyder out. I mean, it's just one thing after another going back. Decades. So, for me, you know, you mentioned declining a subpoena. I I don't even know that was legally possible, <laughs> but the fact that he does that and says I'm not going to go to in front of a grand jury, it's like it's baffling to me. So, what I would expect to happen is, I think within the next six months to a year, and sooner than later, Daniel Snyder will be forcibly removed as owner of the Commanders. Not that dissimilar. To what happened with Donald Sterling and the Clippers? I, I just I can't imagine a situation where he contain or he maintains ownership of that team long term. Uh,
1: just to tie everything back with our previous visit, where does Indama and Sue play next year? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Has it really been? Was it two years ago or yeah. was that three years ago? It was, I think I three I think years was ago. Three at Probably this point. Three. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's.
1: He wants to know. he wants to continue to play he says it's not going to be in Tampa.
0: Yeah. He said something about the Raiders which I thought was interesting because they have Crosby and and Chandler Jones there and to bring in someone like Sue uh potentially as a situational guy would be would be pretty awesome for them. I mean I don't think he's at the stage anymore where he can be a dominant pro bowl caliber yeah. player but he's still a, a functional third down guy who can play fit 40 snaps a game. So the, the, there is a market for Sue. It's one of those you almost forget about. Him. I mean, not just because he hasn't been in the news up until the last couple of weeks. And I haven't asked a lot about him. I'll tell you what I'll do. If you guys agree <laughs> to have me back on, I will gather some Indominus Sue intel and let you know what I'm hearing. This has been terrific.
3: We'll, we'll spend 20 minutes on Indominus Sue if you agree to join us again. That, that would be terrific. By the way, I'm shocked that Paul, the resident Knicks fan, has not pointed this out, but that is a sweet John Stark shirt you're wearing there. I've noticed it the I whole time.
2: Yeah. That, uh, John Starks told. was about the end of my being interested in the NBA and the Knicks.
3: I hated the Knicks and this I hated child, John Starks, but that's a Charlie great shirt. Moore,
0: Charlie Ward, John Starks, Crap. Uh, NBA NBA and the Knicks.
2: Knicks. I love those two. NBA and the Knicks went to crap after that. Is
3: Charlie Ward underrated as maybe the greatest athlete of all time or one of them when you consider the guy won a a Heisman? And then just say, "I'm going to go play the NBA." At the time, as a kid, I didn't even know he played basketball at Florida State, (laughs) and he's like, "I'll I'll go to the NBA instead." I'm like, "I'm thinking, sure, go ahead and do that, buddy." And he had a long career.
0: He did have a long career. The The problem is, I think it's one of those like he was really good at both, but maybe not. Like he was too small for the NFL. His was yeah. arm wasn't strong enough to play quarterback. And then he got to the NBA. He never really was a great jump shooter. But yes, Charlie Ward was an incredible. Athlete. I I was a big Charlie Ward guy. I I love those Knicks teams. I I am surprised you guys didn't ask me about Gronk. I could have sworn. Come on, it's kick. on my list. That. It's
2: on my list. How how do you secure a scoop? We got only had a couple minutes here. How do you, how do you secure a scoop like that?
0: Well, we I've known Rob for quite a long time, and about six months ago, I said to him. Whatever happens with you, is it possible? No pressure, but is it possible that I could be the one to help you relay it and tell your story, whether you decide to come back to Tampa or retire? And he said yes, and he kept his word. I mean, I blown away when I got the call too from Rob saying, Hey, I'm done. I couldn't believe it because I really thought he was going to come back one more year, try to win a fifth Super Bowl with Tom. I've been asked, What if Tom Brady calls week nine or week 10 and says, Listen, Rob, 87. I need you for eight weeks. I mean, who says no to that? I've asked quite a few players. If Tom Brady called you, second half of the season, you've been retired and said, I need you. Every guy says, oh, I'm there 100%. Now, it's easy to say that when you're still playing. But, uh, no, I did get the sense that Rob was really content. He's happy. He's doing a lot of investing. And he's finally able to relax. I mean, the guy's been through a lot. He broke his back in college. They put a plate in it. He's had multiple injuries since being in the NFL. So I'm excited for him. And I do think he's done.
1: I saw those the lazy reports after your report, Jordan. They were like, oh, Gronk just doesn't want to go to camp. And I'm like, if he doesn't want to go to camp, why do you retire? Just that's stay unrestricted. Avoid.
0: Like that's, yeah. you don't have to do 100%. anything.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. that's
0: really easy to avoid. I mean, that's. That's like one of the first things you can you can move on from. You can just be like, I'm not coming to camp. <laughs> Look at Walter Jones with the Seahawks yeah. years ago. The guy never went to camp. He was an all he had it, he had it that
2: level as a I mean,
0: He could go to, to go to camp. He could
1: no. go to camp and not even have to do anything if he wanted. Like it's just it, it was ridiculous. Yeah, he's so. just hang out on
0: the sideline. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Jordan, great I visit. I am excited man. about your Titans. Uh-huh. I am. I am. I'm. I'm very bullish on them. I don't know yeah, more what so the is around Tennessee, but oh, I'm bullish on
1: them. We've we've got to continue this conversation then um, sooner rather than later, maybe before training camp, so we can uh, 100%. Lay, bullish lay out on the, your uh, your take on this.
3: Yeah, we're bullish on the defense. I'm bullish on that John Stark shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Thanks. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan, Jordan Schultz,
1: there, NFL insider, host of the Pull Up Pod with CJ McCollum, and Great again, person. you can follow him on Twitter at Schultz underscore report. Coming up, more uh, headlines. We've got uh, USC-UCLA to hit. Um, we will give the, the very latest with the Watson hearing that's taking place. Florio's all over the map with his columns yeah, of the last 72 hours. I got some
2: thoughts on that. We
1: will get into that. Paul worked out this morning. I mean, there <laughs> plenty of headlines. He, Paul almost died, nearly died. Well, I'll tell that story coming up. We'll now kick 360.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
1: So, coming up in about nine minutes, A&M, there's an assistant coach, staff member, someone on a recruiting visit as a video is being recorded, and he's referencing the suites, and he discusses money with recruits on the field. We'll we'll give you the details of that. We also get back in USC-UCLA, and what's next for the Big 12 as they continue to look to add teams and... In the position of power, uh, Paul, you felt the power of a workout this morning.
2: Dear God, um, <laughs> what a start! So, uh, Iron Tribe, you know, sales pitch was good. Um, they do two two things: you either do a push workout or a power workout. I think it was a mistake to do the power workout, but it fit the the time to prescribe time. Um, so we were rotating through certain things I was paired off with a guy, really nice guy who did the bulk of the work. We had to collectively knock off, you know, 50 of those, 40 of those, 30 of those, and then go back through. So there's some biking, some, you know, hanging rows. I was using kettlebells. He was using, you know, a full bar with weights on it. Yeah. Um, some, uh, not squats, you know, uh, leg stuff. Yeah. Um, so, like press, no, like, uh, reverse,
3: you know, please show us again, the reverse, the back,
2: row where you're standing up and going lunges. back with the weight. Yeah. Reverse lunges lunges. Um, so I, you know, I was dizzy during, but kept recovering enough to, to make it through and do, do my share. The guy carried the bulk of the load, but afterwards, you know, I had a handful of almonds going thinking that was reasonable. I uh, got a little protein afterwards. Certainly felt like I was going to lose the almonds. Uh, crawled to the car. Is that an hour? Uh, it's a 45-minute workout, but really the, the bulk of it was 27 minutes. You know, the pre little pre-stuff. Right, I told you, my stuff. buddy
3: said after 40 minutes, you're not doing as much good. Yeah. It's the first 40 minutes of the workout you that matters. It was really – tw- yeah. it really, kind of, It's overkill They're after that. really
2: mostly 27 minutes. It's a, it's a high, relatively high-intensity thing. So I crawled to my car, put the seat back, put the air conditioning on, was in there for 20 minutes, miserable drive home, went back, uh, ate some strawberries, went back to bed for, for a while. <laughs> Still have a, a bad headache. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to go into the beginner thing where they work you up to stuff. Well, the beginner thing costs almost twice as much. It averages out to about $20 a workout if you're in the regular thing. It averages out to about $39 a workout if you're in the beginning thing. My friend Dave, who's in it, says... Listen, they say community community community, then all of a sudden they came up with this prime thing to ease people in. It's a money grab. Don't do it. He said just do the regular thing, do push, not power, and really ease into it, you know? Use super light stuff and go at your own pace.
3: You know, I, I thought I wanted to do something really physically hard one one more time in my life, like do some sort of long race or tough mudder or whatever. And the more I hear stories like this, I'm thinking, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with it. And I talked to my buddy who's the big trainer, and he's like, yeah, you don't need to do any of that. The thing is that Just, my, just jog or walk my or bike or swim me, or whatever for a little bit. My doctor You're told okay. me
2: to put on some muscle. Hmm. And I'm not putting on muscle on my Peloton or, or doing the couch to 5K again in my neighborhood. And I don't think I have the wherewithal to put on some muscle in my workout room with some kettlebells or some light weights. I need some camaraderie to do it, is is my thinking.
3: You need the group to lift yeah. you up to get yeah. you in the mood and to And I would it.
2: like to make some friends in that kind of environment where you see the same people on a regular basis. So anybody has Iron Tribe advice out there, tweet me. at. Paul I see the Earth's people NFL. doing those workouts
3: when they're outside in the heat doing part of it, and I'm thinking, no way. No way am I getting out there and doing that, some of the stuff they're doing. But more power to you. Good luck. It's on only getting journey. hotter.
2: We'll see. I have to decide. <laughs> You only uh, go out and you run around the building two times, then you go back in. Stuff like that. I like heat. We'll find out. I like uh, I like food. <laughs> Paul's and cold sleep. this Come back and tell us that. <laughs> <two weeks. laughs> what a nap! Headlines <laughs>
1: next. Plenty of them on OutKick three sixty.